here um, just to keep all of our uh, fellow brothers and sisters here in the church in prayer and just lift everybody up in prayer and lift up our church in prayer. Uh, it should be a regular process to keep our church in prayer. There's a lot that's going on. We have uh, a few of our members who are not going to say a whole lot about it out loud, but they just need to be prayed for uh, because of things that are going on in their lives. I think I have a small echo, too, that I can hear. I don't know if there's anybody back there. Um, but please make a note of that to just keep everyone in prayer. Uh, keep um, Pastor Gus and Elaine in prayer as well, too, um, for energy and health and, and uh, being able to uh, continue to seek God in whatever they would be uh, doing for our church, uh, for our church. Pray for our church leaders, the people who are serving behind the scenes. That's a regular prayer. Thank you for allowing me to mention that and remind everyone of those things. Um, pray for Elmer. Elmer's got one eye over there. I don't know what's going on with him. Is that what it, is that what happened to him? All right. Is that what it was? Okay. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate not showing any uh, signs of violence here either. Uh, we appreciate that as well. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started, everybody. We thank you for being here this morning. Um, yes. Well, I know. I heard you. It was very gentle, right? I see. Okay. Let's go ahead and get back into our study. A reminder of what our study was, because we've, some of us have more than one study that we're involved in. Um, but this study is about making sure that we are conscious of God's presence in all things that we do. We are reminded that he is always present. And we have talked about in this particular study how there are ways to describe um, God's presence uh, by giving him uh, human attributes to help us with this understanding because clearly that is the only way we can understand God's presence by giving him human attributes like eyes and sight and always seeing things. Um, and those are all good. There's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong with doing that because it helps us to be able to relate to the magnificence of who God really is. And in doing so, we also are challenged by making sure that we are fully in tune to God's presence in all things that we do. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we're going to get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to sit quietly, and we just thank you for the food provided as well, too, that you bless it to our bodies. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for the reminders through the Spirit that you truly are indeed holy and that you demand holiness from us. We thank you for all of those things. We ask that you bless this group. Bless the words that are being spoken that are not my words but yours. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We're on page three of the handout, but what I want to do is make sure that we are fully aware of where we got to this point. We were asked in a previous class about a couple weeks ago um, about how much God knows all about you. We were looking at passages where God knew exactly what Jeremiah was going to do at birth. God knew what 
Paul was going to do before he even undertook it. And we saw those examples in the passages in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, and we also saw in Galatians 1, 15 to 16, speaking about Paul. Because Paul had a very important role. Paul was the one who was, God knew would be preaching to the Gentiles. So he knew all about who you were before you were born, before you were conceived. He knew all about what you'd be involved in, what you'd be participating in. These are all very interesting things and even daunting at the same time. He knows your number of days. He knows all about you. With that in mind, how do you feel about that? We had a grid on the bottom of hand page two where we asked the question about what did God know about you before you were born? Include facts that are both blessings and difficulties. Now keep in mind, he knows all about you. Sometimes you need to be honest with yourself as to who you are. And so we were challenged to write down some things about some good things about who we are and even some bad things about who we are that God knows all about you. Here's something that's very important for us to understand about this, this practice, this whole thing about why we even do an exercise like this. You do an exercise like this because it's very important to know who you are in Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. You need to know who you are in Jesus Christ. You need to know exactly who you are. You need to know exactly what you're all about. You need to, if you know that God has chosen you to do something, how important do you think it is for you to know all about your personality, who you are, what you stand for, what you represent? I think it's pretty important. Having self-knowledge is always good. You should always be learning more about who you are as you get older. You know, my wife and I talk about, you know, kids, a lot of kids out there today don't really know anything. And I'm not being mean about that. It's because they just haven't had enough life experience. And many of them are trying to figure out exactly who they are and where they fit in in whatever area they're at. This is an ongoing thing. Kids are still trying to figure it out. What do they want to do? It's very rare when you have a young child who knows exactly what they want to do and they wind up doing that for life. But even in that, you still are trying to find out about your personality, maybe even your quirks, things about you that some people may get along with you very well and other people say, oh, I don't think so. And it's okay for you to know what those things are especially those quirks. Those quirks, those things that, as it's written right here in the, on, the, on the page, difficulties about me. If you know what your difficulties are, you are going to recognize that there are some things that need correction. If there are things that need correction, that means you're typically probably sinning and not doing what you should be doing. And the more you're aware of these things that make you sin, the more you are apt to allow the Spirit to work in your life to help correct those difficulties. Amen? Amen. When a mechanic gets a car, you know, these days fixing a car is not the same as it used to be back in the 70s. It's a completely different thing. Sometimes you might not know why a car is running, but 
they'll take a little thing and plug it into your machine, and there's a diagnostic that comes up and say, oh, this particular fuse is not working. That's what happened to us one day. We were up at uh, Village Square in Cleveland on a previous automobile we had, and the car was running fine up until then and then just would not start when we came back out of the store. Had to have it towed, couldn't start it. And it was, a, it was as simple as replacing a fuse in a critical area that would allow that car to start. But you don't know, looking at the car, why is it not running? Had plenty of gas in it. Don't really understand what's going on. You have to do your own self-diagnostic as to who you are in Christ. You need to do your own diagnostic check as to who you are in Jesus Christ in order to be effective in the body. The thing that keeps us from being ineffective in the body is what? Sin. You must do your own self-diagnostic. In other words, it's about being honest with yourself. Remember, God knows all about you. You might be saying things like, I'm this great person. I'm like, God's saying, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. He is waiting for you to recognize what you need as you fellowship and associate with him. Being honest about who you are. Don't be that person that's saying, God, I'm doing all this stuff for you. I'm doing all these things. I'm doing blah, 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 blah. And God's going, "Mm mm-hmm. Don't be that person. There's much more that we can do sometimes, more than we even realize it. Now, sometimes it starts with us. So when you look at that table down there about the blessings about you and the difficulties about you, you both, you should have answers in both columns. One column should not be clean. And on the other hand, too, you shouldn't have a zero in the column where it says blessings about you. Now we have a whole other problem, don't we? We have a self-esteem issue here that needs to be dealt with. Jesus Christ wants all of us as believers to have a very high esteem of ourselves in Christ. In Christ. Not in your own flesh. In Christ. Our esteem is not in just who we are, but for the glory of God. I think I said two or three times last week, but for the glory of God, here I am. Your esteem is is in Christ. So if your esteem is in Christ, if you're truly seeking him, if the Spirit is speaking to you, you can do a self-assessment, a self-diagnostic, like we call it, as to who you really are. Because you can't lie to God about it. He already knows who you are. You're not going to lie to him. Don't lie. Be honest about who you are. If you know that you shouldn't be drinking, then don't drink. If you know that you swear too much, then stop swearing. There are all kinds of things that you can look at in your life, and sometimes your folks will tell you about it too. They'll give you a report you didn't ask for that you need to look into. Very important for you to be honest about this self-assessment. 
knowing full well that God knows all about you and has known all about you, knows your personality, he knows you have a very specific DNA. DNA is amazing. DNA means that there is this little fingerprint of you that only you have of all the people who have ever lived. That's the amazing thing about God's creation, especially us. You have your own fingerprints. You have your own DNA. You have your own, the way the hair grows from your body. It's all something that God has orchestrated for you. He already knows all about that. He already knew that Ed would have this beard that he's wearing right now. I just pick on you. I just talk about your beard. I didn't say anything incriminating about you. Okay. Oh, sorry. Now, I can't get into that. That's another, that's another discussion altogether. I see. All right. Obviously, we, we veered off a cliff on that one. We're going to move back. God knows all about you. God wants you to be conscious of that. Amen? Okay. So, now... Let's go back and look at this again. We're back at page three again. I'm just going to pick up and continue from there. Because it's important for us to know these things and understand that, first of all, God wants you to be you. Be who you are. Be yourself. He created you to be who you are. He doesn't want you to be like somebody else. He didn't create you to copy someone else. That's the other thing to keep in mind, too. You may not like your life, but it doesn't mean else's life is better. Everyone's heard the terminology about the grass is not always greener on the other side. That is so true. We were, in, uh, we were driving through uh, Huntington Beach up on the lake. If you've ever been up in that area, that's where it's uh, going from West Lake through into Avon Lake over on the west side. And there are homes that are on the lake shore, right off a of lake road. You can look off and you can see the lake usually as the backyard for some of these houses because these houses are all in the lake. Beautiful homes. Amazing homes. It's prime real estate. Well, some of us can't afford that prime real estate. And that's fine. I mean, that's, it's nice if you can do it. But don't assume that just because folks have these prime homes on the lake shore up in Cleveland by Lake Erie, that everything is wonderful. Don't ever assume that. You've heard the term, more money, more problems. Well, it usually goes with that. More money, more problems. So us as believers need to understand that just because you see something that may look really appealing on the outside, it doesn't mean that it really is. Yes. Okay. Thank you. 
Absolutely. Right. Good. Sometimes you have to talk it through. That's okay. That's exactly what talking it through is actually a form of allowing God to be involved in that discussion. That's the important thing to keep in mind. Look, we're all in the flesh. And we're going to have fleshly desires. And there are going to be fleshly things that crop up. Things that aren't actually not very attractive. And sometimes you just have to stop and talk it through. Seek the Lord. And He's the one that helps you to get past those things. Remember, there's always a way of escape. There's always a way out. There's always a door that you can open to get out of a situation. Because God promises that. If you don't believe that, you're going to usually pick the wrong door. You'll pick the wrong door. Because you'd rather be in your own flesh. So what are we talking about here? Self-assessment. That's not psychobabble. That is what God teaches us in his word. You get your esteem through me. You are who you are because of me. You are where you are today because of me, speaking about the Lord. You wouldn't be where you are today if it wasn't for me. These are all things that you were reminded of as you pray and seek after him. He reminds you of those things sometimes through circumstances. Us driving by some really nice homes... It still brings, reminds Lynn and I, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for him. Even though we don't have a big house. Oh, it would be nice. Hey, why wouldn't it be nice? Of course it would be. But it's not for us. Right? <laughs> not going to spend my retirement to, to get a house like that. What retirement? Well, they're saving. Did you have a question? Sure, that's right. Are you? Yes. That's right. There's always a cost. There's a price for everything. Better believe it. Okay. So, let's make the assumption that you've had sadness in your life. Let's make the assumption that you've been disappointed. Let's make the assumption that you've had a hard past. Let's make the assumption that you've had to endure a great deal. Well, guess what? In many different degrees, we all have. I mean, this is nothing that we all haven't experienced. We've all had hard times, disappointment, struggles, sadness, and trials. Trials are normal for us. Which goes back to what I said earlier. But for the grace of God, go I. 
He knows all about those things you've been through. He knows all about those struggles. Well, why'd you allow him, God? How come it happened that way? Yeah, the answer is why not? Very good. Thanks for the material. I'll borrow it from you. Why not? The trials do what? They teach you. They give you what you need to be able to get through to the next moment. Sometimes you have days where it says, Lord, just get me through this day. Sometimes you have days where it says, Lord, just get me through this hour. And for some people, it is literally one hour to one hour to one hour, one hour. And that's sometimes how life is. Nothing to be ashamed of. But God is big enough to get you through that hour after hour after hour as he is after another person getting them just through the day. Of course he is. Our issue typically is, how big is your God? Do you have a God who is truly magnanimous, who truly knows all about you, who is the God of the universe and beyond? Or is he a teeny tiny little God that can't do anything for you? Well, that's in your head, isn't it? That's in your head. You're reading the same words in the Bible that other people are reading, but in your head, God is a teeny tiny guy that can't do anything for you. Notice how I said teeny tiny. Teeny tiny is, is about as small as you can think of. When God is not like that at all. He knows all about you. He knows even about those, those bad things, but also about those good things. Your good memories, the good things that you've done, the victories you've had. He knows about your talent. He knows what you can do. He knows what you are best suited to do. Do you realize how important it is for you to know what you are best suited to do? That means you are actually using your talents that God has given you to the best of your ability in service for him. Make sense? I remember mentioning this in a seminar. I think I, I, I put Big Jim on full blast. The best talent, his talent is driving a bus. But not just driving any bus. Not just something with eight wheels on it or whatever it is. But ultimately driving it to the best of his ability. Safety, everything. Following everything by the book. Doing everything the right way. And that's his best attribute in communicating with the public. That's his gift. Now, driving a bus, for some people say, well, that's not a big deal, is it? Of course it is. Now, understand something. That's why when you compare yourself to other people, see what I'm saying? Right? It's ama- God is amazing. When you compare yourself to other people, And you say, well, so-and-so is just driving a bus, and I'm here. I'm a president and CEO of a company. You might be with the lousiest president and CEO of a company, and he beats you already. It doesn't matter what your status is in society. It matters that you're using your particular talents and gifts where God placed you right at this moment and this day and age. That's what matters in the kingdom of God in the body of Christ. Folks need to be doing stuff everywhere where they're gifted and talented. It would be a different world if that was happening. 
He knows all about you. He knows about your relationship with him. He knows your relationship's either really good or it scuffles a little bit. He knows about that. He knows about your body size and shape. Yeah, he knows about mine too. And praise the Lord, I lost a little bit of weight. That's a good thing. And you know what? It's important for you to take ownership of yourself in that. Not worry about what other people say. You want to do it for health reasons. You want to be around. You want to be able to serve. You want to be able to do things. You do the best you can to your ability. You take care of yourself. He knows all about it. He knew about it from before and he knows about it now. So how do you feel as you reflect on what he knows about you? We asked this question before. I'm asking it again. How do you feel about it? Do you feel that, well, let's just even look at it this way. We've been talking about discipleship and these things in Sunday school now for a number of years. Do you feel like you're further ahead today than you were before? Are you learning something? You should be. We try to keep it simple. But sometimes it comes right down to you knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing where your service is in Christ. And allowing God to even stretch you a little bit more in certain areas. That's right. Amen. Amen. There should be a progression. And the reason why there should be a progression is that means that you are always open to learning something new. You are always being taught. You are allowing this teaching to take place. If you're not allowing the teaching to take place, then you have a problem. Right. You know, but she just kept going to that, and then she asked me, she said, 
That's exactly the right perspective to have. Okay. So I hope you see where we're going with this. This self-evaluation, this self-knowledge. Remember, God already knows who you are. We can fool ourselves when we don't do the proper assessment. When we're lying to ourselves. And how many of you have ever lied to yourself about anything? Now, those of y'all who didn't put your hand up, I'm not going to get on your case. I'm going to tell you something right now. I know you've lied to yourself about something because the reason why we do these things is because we're in the flesh. If you're in the flesh, you have to do this self-evaluation. You've got to keep assessing who you are in Christ because the flesh does not want you to do that. Flesh wants you to stay very comfortable where you are. Yes. just made me think of something very important. The free will thing is so huge. Turn to Ephesians 5.11. And we're going to look at a passage. And I had a conversation with someone a couple days ago. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, starting there. The conversation that I had made me think deeply about a passage we're going to get to further down. And this is a passage you should wrestle with. For one thing, it's a premise of what the Alliance talks about. But I want to read it and lead up to it. And let's, let's do this. Because we talk about the flesh. You can do what the flesh wants to do, but you make a choice. But you make that choice based upon your relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Ephesians 5.11. Take no part in the unfruitful, work, unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. That in itself is a nutshell where you need to understand that part of your responsibility is if you see somebody doing something that's not right, you need to call it out. Now, that's an action you have to take. Remember what Faith just said before about let it go, don't worry about it. No, don't force it, don't force it. Wait a minute. You have certain responsibilities as a believer. You don't want any part of darkness, but if you see somebody doing something that's not right, you need to pray about it and sometimes take action. Now let's move on. Verse 12, For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Remember, we are called the children of light. We are the ones who are exposing difficulties, issues, problems, getting them out in the open and getting them corrected. Look carefully then how... Now, look at this. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Be smart. Be smart about the life you're living. Hang on one second. Be smart about where you are, what you're doing, what you're involved in. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Now, this was written way back when. This has application today. Everything I've just read in these passages so far has application today. It is no accident that you see a bunch of people who are involved with sexual deviancy and pedophilia being exposed and brought into the light. And it was hidden in darkness. It's not an accident. Let's keep going. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Guess what? Those are both choices. You have to choose not to get drunk and act a fool and act crazy, or you can choose yourself to be filled with the Spirit. Now, there's a play on words here a little bit. It's telling you, be filled. Be filled with the Spirit means you have to consciously go after the Holy Spirit. He indwells within you as a believer, but now you have to allow Him to work through your life. Being filled with the Spirit is actually something you have to allow to happen, to allow it to take place, to allow you to be able to function at an optimal level for Jesus Christ. You almost could take verse 18 and put it back up to the top of what we read. Because ultimately it starts with what you do. It starts with your call, where you are in the Lord. You can make a choice to sin, or you can make a choice to allow the Spirit to control your life. And God knows the choices you make. And what you choose to do. And he challenges you with this all the time with the presence of the Spirit. Now, when you know you do something wrong, the Spirit tells you. But you can still keep doing stuff wrong 
because you have free will to do it. Still your choice. But God did not create you to be a robot. He wants you to have that free will. He wants you to have that choice. All the more reason that God will be glorified by what you do. God can't be glorified if we're all robots. Amen? Okay, I'm going to get Ronnie because she had her hand up and I'll come back to you. Go ahead. Okay. All right. The advice that we give, though, should be given with the power of the Spirit behind it. Ed, go ahead. Yep. Free will has always been there. Free will has always been present. Yeah, that's a fair comment. Sure. I mean, it comes down to obedience, doesn't it? Okay. All right. We want to finish up here. Let me read the last part of Ephesians 5, 18 through 21, because it's important to understand about being filled by the Spirit being a choice, but there also now comes a lifestyle with that. If you're truly allowing the Spirit to work 
and live through your life, you're going to also now live that way and not be fake. Be a real person. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That is a humble life, a life of humility, truly giving credit where credit is due. Jesus Christ is the reason why you are where you are today. And everybody should reflect that and see that when they look at you. Christ is the one who is being glorified in your actions. So the act of choice of being filled by the Spirit allows for all of these things to happen. Now, are there going to be days where you make mistakes? Absolutely. Are there going to be days where things aren't perfect? Yeah, there won't be. There will be plenty of those. Hopefully you'll have more good days than bad days in that category. Amen. Because that's what you want. But ultimately it comes down to the fact that God knows all about what you're choosing and what you're doing. All the more reason to give yourself that time with the Lord each day and be in prayer about it. Remember the first thing I said before class even started? Pray for your fellow members of the church. Pray for all your believers. There's a reason for that. You're praying for them to build them up, gird them up, put them, put them on your mind. The Spirit knows what you're saying, what you're doing, and God is going to do some things. God is doing things that we don't always realize in the lives of other people. But he calls us to do what? Be spiritual. Recognize that you have it pretty good because Jesus is in your life. He's telling you that. He's letting you know that. He's affirming you in that way. He's blessing you. That's how you affirm. Keep that in mind. We have to live by faith. That's the most important thing. Living by faith. It's probably a good place to end the class. Yes, sir. Okay. Because he had to learn how to do the sinning. It wasn't his human body that he was used to. Right. He's in a different style body now. And he has to learn how to function right. in a different body mm-hmm. with a different uh, movement. Okay. The very first verse of 5 1, the indicators of God. How do I do that? Yeah. You've got to figure it out. You've got to, God, the Spirit's going to give you what you need. That's right. You're the only people with two natures. Yeah. That's right. The sinner has one. Mm-hmm. We have two. That's right. And we go against each other. That's right. Very good point. Okay. There's a lot to take away from today's class. Your self-evaluation, your self-diagnostic, it's important for you to recognize God already knows who you are. But sometimes you don't know who you are the way you should. You need to get that figured out. You need to have that conversation. Sometimes the very obvious thing that God gifts you at, you say, oh, that's not that important. Wait a second. That's what God gave you. 
Why isn't it important? It's like somebody who's working all his life as a lawyer and figures out he's a good cook, and all of a sudden he decides, why am I a lawyer? I should be a cook. Because he's gifted in cooking. A lot of people have life changes like that. You you don't always hear about it, but people change their life. Stefan Passis, the guy who drives the cartoon strip, um, Pearls Before Swine, he was a lawyer before he started doodling and drawing. And now he's a well-renowned comic strip artist. Because sometimes you figure out that what you think you're so good at, you're really not. Not as good as you could be. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to truly sit and listen to you speak to us through the power of the Spirit. Lord, we just thank you for helping us to be honest with who we are. We thank you again that you know all about us. Our fears, our struggles, our difficulties, the things that we wrestle with. We thank you for being co-laborers with us. We thank you so much for that. Thank you for helping us to figure those things out. Thank you for free will. Thank you for the choices that you do allow us to make. Lord, we just thank you again for your presence. We thank you for loving us unconditionally. We thank you for how you preserved us and kept us all through the years. Give us the mindset to remember what's taught about being imitators of Christ, imitators of the Spirit. We thank you again for your presence. We ask that you bless the upcoming session and the speaker. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time.